Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Now, here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi, everyone. I'm Dave Turner, and I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And we're back here again at Studio B of Tabletop Journal here in our studios in beautiful downtown Baltimore for the start of our new series called The Creative Spectrum. But before we get started, I want to say that this is episode number 81 of Seat Yourself and is published on the week of June 22nd, 2020. And by the way, this episode will run approximately 30 minutes. And in this new series, it's our intention to bring you conversations with creative people from all disciplines. People whose lives and passions are built around the idea of bringing design and creativity forward in a way that influences and impacts our lives on an everyday basis. And with a new series for the creative spectrum, it's our intention to bring it to you with a strong dose of positivity and optimism as we look forward to bringing both ourselves and our industry back to work. And frankly, I think this is a time when our industry can use a little bit more optimism and a little bit more positivity. And we hope to bring it to you each and every week with the creative spectrum. And of course, it'll be creativity of all types. And it's that type of creativity that naturally inspires us and causes us to think a little bit differently and to consider possibilities that maybe we just hadn't thought about. And we also want to give you an inside glimpse at those folks in our midst who are really the truly creative ones to better understand what inspires them and what drives them. And finally, to learn more just about why they do the incredible creative things that they do. And as the world of hospitality reemerges and begins to reimagine itself going forward, so many of us also are rethinking our own personal visions that we have for ourselves. And remember, it is in times of great change that there exists great opportunities. And as we all head through that process of recalibration, of reimagining and refocusing, perhaps our conversations with our guests here on the creative spectrum will provide a bit of inspiration along with a good dose of hope and optimism. And to kick all this off, I couldn't be more excited as we launched the creative spectrum with my good friend, Maham Anjum. Maham is a designer, a potter, a creator extraordinaire, and we are lucky enough to call her our friend. Please help me welcome Maham Anjum to our Seat Yourself podcast. And I want to welcome Maham Anjum here to Seat Yourself and our new series called The Creative Spectrum. Maham, it's always a pleasure to have you on board. Welcome. Thanks, Dave. It's always good to spend time with you. And thank you very much for inviting me as your guest. It's an honor. Maham, I, I know many of our listeners are very familiar with you and, and who you are and the products that you produce. But for those who just may not know quite as much, can you give us a quick snapshot of your background and where that creative gene in you, where did that originate? Dave, I work in ceramics. I design tableware. I have a workshop in North London where we make pottery by hand. And like I said, I also design for industry. I'm not sure where it originated or where it came from, but I've, from the beginning as a child, I've been fascinated with things that have a functional. So things that are handmade, have a function, have always excited me more than, than let's say, uh, painting. I was never, I studied art at university, but I don't think I was a good painter, but for me, it was more fascinating. 
Well, it's everyday art, wouldn't we say? Yes. And I think the restaurateurs and the chefs and particularly the dining guests are really lucky that you chose ceramics. So they get to choose and see your art every day and they're when they dine out. So that's <laughs> fantastic. Was there ever a feeling that you would not go in such a creative direction, that you might do something a little less creative? Did you ever have that feeling? Not that I can remember. Of course, there were times that were tough. There were, there was, you know, when I, when I was graduating from Central St. Martins in 2003, there was the ceramic industry in the UK started to shrink, was shrinking at the time. And one of the things that sort of stuck in my mind is my professor, Tony Quinn, said, you're going to have to create your own job. And that sort of stuck in my mind. And of course, you know, that sort of, I kept at it and I went designing for retail. Of course, I met Queensbury Hunt, who I worked with for a long time. And then I also sort of branched out a little bit into research. I, I did research at the Royal College of Art in ceramics. So I did try to branch out, but it was always in ceramics. You know, it was, I don't think I'm good at a lot of other things. I mean, I'm still learning about ceramics, but it's not something that I ever thought I, w I would leave. Well, the world of ceramics is, continues to change and evolve. So it's not surprising to hear you say that you're still learning about it. even an expert like you, who's very talented, very creative, and knows more than most people will ever know about ceramics, even you still learn. So it's not a really, it's not surprising to hear you say that. And I think curious people are often the most creative people. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think you've got to be curious. I think you've got to sort of keep at it and not sort of give up, and especially ceramics, Dave, where, you know, the chances of things going wrong are very high because you're working. It's, it's a process from the clay to clay state to making something, to drying it, putting it in the kiln, firing, and then glazing. I mean, it's a whole sort of process. So for me, of course, and for most people who do ceramics, it's about its evolution, but being patient. It's funny that you say process because I think with all creative people and with this new series, The Creative Spectrum, we're talking to all types of creative people, photographers, ceramicists, traditional designers, and so on and so forth, and chefs and, and bartenders and everybody who's creative. But with all creative people, they seem to all go through some sort of process as they create whatever piece of art that they create. And I'm wondering, I know you work with top chefs and stuff, and sometimes you have to create something specific to their needs and, and you get a lot of direction from them. But when you go through and create one of your, I'll call them, it's not the right word, but I'll call them more of a general collection that has no specific target or, or, or customer in mind. How does that creative process work for you in the ceramics industry? Most of the times, Dave, it is the process of ceramics itself. It's the techniques of, that have been used in ceramics for thousands of years, functional ceramics being around for 10 to 12,000 years. And there's such a huge variety of ways in which ceramics has been produced, decorated, and that does inspire me. And in recent years, I mean, what you, let's say, if you, what you see in the collections at the VNA and what you see in industry, there's a huge difference. And for me, it is bringing back some of those old techniques. And like my friend David Queensbury says, it's not the technique you use or what technique you use. It's what you do with the technique. And our job is to revive, rethink it in a way that it becomes relevant to the way people live and eat and the requirements of the market. Well, I, I really love the way that ceramics and lots of other things that I don't want to use the word mundane, but but everyday type articles really influence us and give us a sense of direction in our lives. And they help navigate through each day in, in our lives. And they bring joy, sometimes on a subliminal level as well. 
And we've launched this new series called The Creative Process with the idea that design and creativity in general is all about new and about positive positivity and, and possibilities really for the future. What is it about your creations that you hope brings about those emotions of possibility and positivity in the people that use your products? And how would you like your creations to affect those who use them? Well, of course, Dave, one of the first things would be uh, uh, pleasure in use, that it should be pleasurable to use, it should be comfortable to use. And that, of course, is very important. And sometimes if people look at a plate and think, ah, how did you do that? Or how the, how was that made? You know, to, of course, encourage curiosity. And it's a lot of the things, Dave, Dave what I do is not just me on my own. It's with the, the chefs and the people I work with. And I've always said that I'm nothing without the incredible, very talented chefs that I work with. So it is a combination of, of, of the way I'm working and what they're presenting on the plate or the bowl. So definitely functionality is important and, and the way it's used by that particular person. I mean, the way I would use a plate in my workshop or at home, Vineet would use it completely differently and make you question the use of the plate, you know? Well, as a consumer here as a dining guest who's had the pleasure of dining off some of the, your creations, I would say one more thing you do. And I would say that you help transport me, transport me to a place that just like the food that's prepared by the chef, when, when we went to Ozma's restaurant, Darjeeling in London, the food was fabulous, obviously, but the articles that she served them in, your creations, your bowls, your little plates and things, they really help continue that transportation of taking us to a different place emotionally. And as you say, the pleasure in use, the comfort that it brings from that. So I think there's a lot of emotion involved in, in ceramics, a lot of emotion involved in all kinds of everyday art. Yes, absolutely, Dave. And, and, and that combined with, let's say, for example, the Darjeeling story of what Asma wanted to convey, where only something, I guess, I mean, of course, it's a combination of steelite and what I've done, but some of the key items are not items that you could perhaps produce in a in a factory context, things like the cups for the tea, which do have to have this tactile element to it, which is very important to Asma. And I think that does convey that message and that terracotta pot. And we found techniques of doing that. Of course, we can't serve out of a non-porous item. Dave, sorry, maybe you should take that out because that might get me into trouble with <laughs> what you're talking about, you know. No, but you know what I love about that? I love that tells me of the authenticity that you bring to the design. I always think of your designs as completely authentic. And I love that, that honesty that comes in the, because they're not knockoffs or they're not copies of things that I, you've seen or whatever. They're the real thing, the real deal. And I love that about you, that honesty and authenticity. So we're not taking that out. We're going to be honest all the way through because that's the way I know you to be. <laughs> okay. But maybe I could put it slightly differently if I just can repeat about that part. Coming back to Asma, Dave, and we were talking about the story of, of how to convey her message and through, through a little bit of my knowledge in ceramics and working with artisan potters in that part of the world, one of the things that we created was these, she makes this dessert called Michi Doi, which is set in a terracotta pot. Now, of course, in a restaurant context, we can't really serve this dessert out of a non-porous vessel. It's, it, it wouldn't be right. It would smell because it's got milk and dairy in it. But we came up with the technique of putting a fine slip where, where you could 
you could still use that in a restaurant and still get that the same taste of the of the earth so those things of course excite me absolutely and to work with people like Asma who have a story to tell and to work with them does of course make a difference you know and in the same way you know working with as people like Vivek Singh where he wants to serve this particular dish called the biryani in a particular way then he wants the lid to be lifted and he he wants you to smell the spices and and the aroma you're making me hungry by the way <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I'm talking about Indian food only I could probably give should probably give a few more examples of food which is not only Indian but I think the idea that your products is what I said before when I think of the creations that come from Mahamanjam and from your mind and your hands because you you actually are a hands-on potter as well and people may not know that they may think of you as a designer and that while that's true you're also very hands-on and that's why you bring that that honesty to the pieces that you create it's great to hear you talk about the practical side of things too in the restaurant business because I want people to understand these are not just pretty pieces that you create. You actually have a complete understanding of the restaurateur side as well. And so there is a practical element to the products you produce. And yes, there are some small things that can be made by hand, but we're going to take a break now. But I want to come back and address that issue of what happens when we try to take that that unique piece and make it on a larger scale and make it on a more practical level so that it works in very small cafes and restaurants, but also will work in a, in a larger setting with uh, many more seats and that kind of thing. So we want to take a break right now and come back. And when we do, I know you're a great business person and I want to I want to hear about all that practical side, more about that. We've talked a little bit about the artistry and the inspiration and how you transport people. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about the business side of it. So more from Maham Anjum in London in just a minute. We'll be right back. This episode of Seat Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Don and Company. Everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And if you have not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's a quick and easy sign up and a great way to stay on top of all the important going-ons in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. We're back with Maham Anjum from London, and she's a very, very talented and creative ceramicist, designer, potter. She's all things, and she does it from the ground up. And during the break, Maham was mentioning to me, she had some other thoughts on the hands-on approach that she takes versus the computer-generated era that we live in. And Maham, why don't you tell the uh, to people what you were just telling me during the break? Thank you, Dave. One of the things that you touched upon, which I can elaborate a little bit on, is that you talked about the hands-on approach that I have, that I am a potter and I do make samples and prototypes, all of it myself. And I do think that there is, uh, you know, when you're in a meeting with a group of chefs or people from the industry, when you put a three-dimensional ob object there on the table, it starts a conversation as compared to a 3D drawing, which I have most respect for, absolutely most respect for technology and new ways of getting the idea across. But I do think perhaps I've been trained by David Queensbury Martin Hunt, so I'm a little bit old school in that way that I do. I'm very much of that school of thought to be able to make that object yourself and present it at a table, creates a conversation and a dynamic that you wouldn't have with a three-dimensional drawing, I, I guess. 
No, I, I totally agree. And I, I love how you marry up the old school, as you say, the old way of uh, doing things very hands-on and the new, more design-driven, CAD-driven kind of approach. And that's really where I wanted to go after the break. And I, I really want to get into some of this. How do you take a centuries-old industry called the pottery business, ceramics business, and bring that artistry forward from literally centuries and put it into today's relevant use and how do you do that in a practical way and there has to be a marketability of a design and designing a product that goes to the general marketplace and is functional and practical because today ceramics are better than probably they've ever been in terms of the technology but you also lend the artistry to today's technical part of ceramics but when you're doing that two things number one how do you do that how do you marry both up the artistry and the, and the today's technology? And secondly, are there ever compromises you have to make on the creative side in doing that? I know you don't like to make compromises on the, any of that. Well, firstly, David, the first point that you made, the marketability of the range, absolutely key, very important. It has to be whatever we design or whatever we put out there, it has to meet the needs of the market. It has to be in context with the way people are eating or how they want to serve the food. Of course, there are there are ranges. For example, the range for Steelite, which encompasses not just small bites, bar food, but also it can go into fine dining. You know, you talk about Steelite. Steelite is this very large global supplier of tabletop products and buffetware products. And I think that yes, they have their own design with Andrew Kamecki, who's fabulous. But I think that your relationship with them brings a new sort of dynamic to them as well. And that's really where I was going. I'm very curious about your artistry matched up with the technology that Steelite may have and 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 terms of selling products to the masses. Yeah, so Dave, working with Steelite absolutely has been amazing for me. A, I I love working with Andrew, Andrew Klemecki, who's the head of global design there. I think we work well together. Luckily, he's he's in England, so I get to see him very often. And then, of course, the, the whole Steelite family, which are absolutely, I think, on the top of their game in terms of marketing product and getting the story across. I I don't know of any other company that does it so well today Mm -hmm. like they do. And they've been very sort of understanding, forthcoming, very patient with getting the story across because our range is about translating the handmade into mass production, which, which is not, it sounds easy, but it's been very difficult. And this brings me to the point, the second point that you were making in your question earlier about what are the kind of compromises one has to make And I would give that example. So let's say something that I make in my workshop, whether it's stoneware, when we translate it into the factory, their body, their clay body is different to the clay body that I'm using. So hence, my glazes wouldn't work on their body. So we have to make compromises. And that's that's a sort of an evolution that I think, you know, one has to embrace and make the best of. And that's sort of taking, of course, the organic process that I'm using here, but also respecting the process which is mass produced where it's also organic it's got to take a life of its own too but of course keeping of course the root of the idea and the concept has to remain which i think we've tried to translate with the the spice range for steelite and again in terms of design too there are certain elements that we've had to include in the range for example the beading on the plates and the bowls so it's easily stackable add strength i may not do that in my workshop perhaps but we've had to include those elements in that range 
to allow them to go to a more of a wide variety of customer types so that it works on a very practical level as well. I, yeah. I got it. I got it. And Steelite's really great at getting getting to that larger volume customer, that's for sure. Maham, I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about you, Maham, a little bit. I know you're not very comfortable sometimes talking about yourself, but people that know you know you've been creating great ceramics for a number of years. What is it, whether it's in ceramics or even outside of ceramics, what is it that Maham is most proud of? <laughs> oh, Dave, it's a, a tricky one. I mean, of course, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, my children, and of course, I mean, certain things, of course, I mean, working, I've, uh, I've worked in India and Ethiopia and Sri Lanka, and I work with these most amazing potters. A lot of them are women in very difficult making ceramics in very difficult situations. So having to work with them and in even in a very small way to have contributed towards the marketability of their work or to bring awareness of handmade production in developing countries is still a lot of work to do, but that's something that warms my heart. And if I ever do get time in my life again, I'd like to go back to that too. That, that has been very satisfying and a great learning experience for me, of course. Well, one of the things that we hope to do with this new series, The Creative Spectrum, is to inspire people. And everybody who creates even everyday articles, whether it be a, a, a food dish in a restaurant, whether it be a chair from an interior designer, or even a cocktail from a bartender, the inspiration that drives the creators of these everyday artistry pieces, we want to inspire other people. And I know that through your passion and through your inspiration, you inspire lots of people, myself included, around the world who know you and know your products and know your story. Your story is not an easy story, and yet you make it sound so easy sometimes. Oh, I work with David Queensbury and Martin Hunt. Well, these are two legends in our business, and it's wonderful that you have that not only those those relationships with those people and, and, and others as well, but you share those very easily. And that's an inspiration for all of us to do. Obviously, that's one of the other things that I think you should be most proud of, but you're also very humble. So you, I, I knew that would be a difficult question for you. Dave, you're very gracious, Dave. Thank you very much. Thank you. Maham, I have another tough question for you. I'm full of tough, tough questions today. Many creative people, people like yourself, whether they be artisans in, in whatever field they're in, they branch out into other mediums. We've talked about ceramics a lot today, but what other things would you like someday to design other than ceramics? Oh, gosh. I told you that would be another tough question. <laughs> That's a tough one. That's a really You have ceramics. I know you live and breathe ceramics. So what someday, is there some other area that you'd like to take your creative talents to? Gosh, it's so tricky, Dave. Jeez, I, gosh, it's a tricky one. I mean, I do like working with wood. And I remember we, when I was working with Jamie Oliver for Jamie at Home, we did some, I designed some spoons for them. And that I thought was, yeah, so something to do with wood would be nice. Something creating items out of wood, something that has a life of its own, is organic. That's something I would like to do. And of course, I, I'd like to work with glass, actually. Uh, that's something I've never done. I'd like to explore that a bit if I had time in life or get an opportunity in life. Would that be functional glass or more art glass? Dave, I'm so boring. Functional, perhaps. <laughs> functional glass. One thing I know about Muhammad Jim is you are not boring. But last tough question, and actually the last question that I want for our listeners, what is the single most important thing that 
listeners all over the world should know about Maham Anjum? Um, geez. I told you I was going to put you on the spot a little bit. Yeah, I know, Dave, you do every time. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. I guess I, I don't know. I, th- I guess I'm so uh, heavily influenced by some of the incredible people I work with and my mentors, David and Martin. I think I kind of live and breathe ceramics and what I do. I mean, it is sort of, it's not work for me. It's something I do because it's, I'm excited about it. Genuinely all the time. (laughs) As long as I've known you, you've always been a passionate, high energy evangelist, if I can use that word, for ceramics. So what you've just said, I 100% agree with, you've got me. But is there anything else that you want people to understand about uh, Maham? Dave, I think you, uh, Dave, I think you've kind of uh, lost it all. Uh, well, uh, I never thought I would get to the point where you'd be speechless, by the I way. Know, Dave. <laughs> well, I, I guess, Dave, just sort of keep going. I mean, even though times have been tough and the whole the whole world has come to a standstill in a strange way, something that we'd never thought would happen. But I think, you know, just to keep going, really, can be creative and, and just keep that process going. I know it's easiest, easier to say it than do it. But we've just got to keep going in our respective fields in whatever way we can. Yeah, our industry has certainly been through a difficult time and continues in that difficult time. But it, we've talked about it in other podcasts that I really believe that while the times are difficult right now in the hospitality end of the business, that this is going to be a regenerative phase that we go through and that a year from now we'll have some of the most fabulous restaurant concepts opening up and new hotels, new ways of dining and new ethnicity uh, menus. It's going to be a very creative time. I think the year 2021 will be an enormously creative time for the hospitality and restaurant business. I hope so too, David. I hope so too. And I think it is. I mean, things have to get back to normal or the new normal. And as creative people, we will find creative ways to make that new normal be more enjoyable. Well, Maham, I will tell you this. Your resilience and your inspiration and your passion has come through today very, very well. And I thank you for your time here today. And I'm sure that the listeners who listen to this all over the world will take that same passion away, hopefully, and apply it to their own individual businesses. And that's what the creative spectrum is really all about. It's about giving people the unlimited possibilities that the future holds and inspiring them to pursue them in whatever way they feel they should. So again, I want to thank you. And I didn't mean to put you on the spot a lot today, but I knew you would be very honest and uh, and your candor is always very refreshing. I always enjoy the conversations we have. Same, Dave. Thank you very much for having me. And it's an absolute honor to be here. Well, it's certainly a pleasure. And we'll cross paths again soon, I'm sure. Thank you. Thanks again. Well, that's it for this week's Seat Yourself podcast and our launch of the new Creative Spectrum series. I want to thank Maham Anjum for joining us again, and you can find out more about this very talented and creative artist by visiting her website, and that is mahamanjum.co.uk. And when you go there, you can see some of the bespoke designs she has created for top chefs like Jamie Oliver, Asma Khan, Vivek Singh, Vineet Bhatia, and Lee Westcott. That's just to name a few. You can also see some of the work she's done for international brands like Habitat, Jamie at Home, David Millar, Narumi, Royal Crown Derby, and of course, Steelite International. Check it all out at mahamanjum.co.uk.
www.edwarddonnan.co.uk. And of course, as always, we want to thank the Edward Donnan Company for sponsoring in part Seat Yourself, everything but the food for nearly 100 years, Edward Donnan Company. And finally, we're getting ready to publish the next edition of our bi-monthly newsletter. Make sure you signed up for that. And to do so, all you have to do is head on over to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's a real quick and easy sign up. Not a problem at all. So thanks again. We look forward to having you join us back here again next week as we bring you another interesting episode of The Creative Spectrum. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, please be sure to check out www.tabletopjournal.com.